Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. Today is Tuesday. It's February 7th, 2023. Boy, there's been a lot of big things going on out in the world that remind us that just at any moment, everything can change. And, uh, you know, I had a different plan for what I was going to do with you, but I had my own mini crisis yesterday in the face of the great big crisis that they're having over in Turkey. And so I thought I wanted to take a moment to remind ourselves both who we are as Wired for Danger in a crisis and how important everybody is, not just those who run into the rubble to do the rescuing, but everybody has a role to play and everyone is valuable It's not about all being the same type of person. I think there's a tendency to want to focus on the heroic moment, but the reality is those of us who are truly wired for danger, meaning we're the ones that run into the rubble, we're not that great with people a lot of times, and we can get kind of cranky and mean when there's a crisis going on, and so everybody has value. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, there's just a couple things uh, I want to do as a housekeeping forum. Uh, The first one is uh, I'm still here in Yuma. I was supposed to be leaving today. That is part of the mini crisis (laughs) that happened yesterday. And uh, I just got finished listening to all my different microphone setups. And this is the worst one that I have on my phone and a cheap little microphone. But I got to be honest, it's the only one that's loud and it's the only one I can seem to be able to do with any ease. So uh, we are in the field, which means we have in the field recording. And so I will try to do the good setup. But the reality is uh, it's just complicated. I'm going to touch on that in a moment. But I just wanted to say I'm aware that this is not the highest quality audio But think of it as field reporting as opposed to the comfort of a studio life. And uh, the beauty of being in the field is that we create real life experiences. We're not just in a safe, protected place observing other people having real life experiences. So I hope you will uh, be patient with me as I someday try to figure all this out. Uh, Two, it is the beginning of the month, sort of. I missed out last week. Uh, Normally, I don't like to ask for money or support, but uh, I have committed to doing it once a month uh, to encourage you to uh, sign up as a paid subscriber. I always appreciate those of you who are invested in this content, both for yourself and making it available to those who may not necessarily be able to support it because it's the few who always support the many. It's just one of the things we do. And the reality is, is the more uh, further to the edge you are with information, the fewer people are interested in it. So I'm trying to do something kind of leading edge with you. And so I appreciate those of you who are invested in it. Uh, And I invite those of you who haven't been to think about supporting it. Uh, There's two ways to do that. That is through uh, signing up for Substack, uh, but it's, and I'll put a link below, but I also have a separate page for those of you who'd like to make a one-time financial support over there also. So that link will hopefully be in the, uh, in the, uh, the show notes below this podcast. So in advance, I appreciate your support 
as does Haven. So with that, uh, the third thing I wanted to touch on is, uh, you know, one of the things before I talk about this crisis, who we are as Wired for Danger and others as crisis, I want to talk a little bit about real life. And I was as I was sitting here uh, doing my little morning routine, you know, I was listening to Bill Gates talk about how, uh, you know, we have to control the cows, methane, gas emissions, or we need to create fake meat. And I was thinking about, you know, as I was listening to him, I was, you know, going back through my journaling and I'm like, I have all this content I want to share with you. And I just like, where does my day go? Right. What am I exactly doing that's taking up so much time? I live in this place where I'm constantly figuring out how can I live more simply so I can get to some of the things I want to do as opposed to what feels like this endless uh, process of all the things I have to do. And, you know, if you're new, uh, I live at a very survival subsistence level. I haven't had electricity for a couple years. I haven't had plumbing for probably seven or eight, seven years, maybe. So, you know, I, I launched into this exercise of how, what does it mean to survive? Uh, and it's actually extremely time consuming. And as I was listening to him, I thought, you know, the reason that people at the top, and I won't call them elite, I will call them, uh, I think they're more insidious than anything, but they're not elite. Basically, they're people who just don't have to take care of themselves. They have all these people under them taking care of their daily needs, and they have time to interfere with those of us who are just busy trying to get things done. Real life is extremely time consuming. And the only people that have the time and energy, I think, to really interfere with us are the ones who have been positioned so that they have all the time and the money and the energy in the world to mess around with us. And they see that as an elite point of of reference of that they've got that they're smarter because they're above all this survival stuff. But my experience is the simpler I've gotten, the more work it is, the more I value what it really means to survive, the more respect and appreciation I have for people all over the world who are struggling to survive and for our ancestors who worked really, really hard to get us where we are today in which almost nobody knows how to take care of themselves. We're so, you know, Western civilizations become so domesticated that we're completely unaware of what it means to survive, but we're also completely unaware of how Many systems have been contrived to entrap us into a cycle where we will no longer be able to take care of ourselves. Everything will become illegal and will be, you know, herded into these uh, city centers. Basically, what they're talking about, this 15 minute cities where our every need is provided for us. And that is not a healthy place to be. It never turns out well. People get very depraved uh, and uh self-centered, right? Because they're only focused on their immediate gratification of their needs. Because the reality is survival is all about delayed gratification and hard work and discipline uh, and vigilance. And, you know, those are really tough things to do and to be. And so I just wanted to point that out because uh, 
you know, the the systems are in a shifting place. People are starting to become aware that we're being controlled in a way that maybe we don't like. But there's also a lot of yelling at everybody for not doing something. But the reality is, is it's almost impossible to do very much. It takes a lot of people doing a little bit because if you're participating in real life, like you have a job or you're farming, which is a job, uh, you know, if you're taking care of your family, if you're participating in life, it takes a lot of work every single day to just get the basics done. And many crises, like we had yesterday, uh, take up a lot of time. And reality takes up a lot of time. And uh, I think, I don't know how you guys feel, but I get frustrated because it feels like to me I should be getting more done. And like, where did my day go? But my experience has been that the simpler I've chosen to live, it's still extremely time consuming. And I'm shocked that as simple as I have things now, because I'm basically camping, right? I'm living out of the truck and or a tent uh, it's extremely time consuming. Plus the dog is very time consuming. Uh, Haven is high. Uh, she needs a lot of attention and exercise and things. So I will say she takes up a good chunk of my day, just like children do there. It's a very, uh, anytime you're taking care of someone or something, it takes a lot of extra energy. Uh, but then in the blink of an eye, there's an earthquake and Everything shatters and everything changes. Uh, And the reason I wanted to talk about that is that, you know, when I talk about Wired for Danger, uh, that is our peak moment. That is when we shine. That is when we run into the terrible thing that's happening uh, and we solve the problem. We pull off the rubble. Uh, We don't we don't look away at the blood and the gore. We just keep doing what you have to do to save people, to solve the problem, to fix the crises, to fight the fight, to rescue, to do all those things that not everybody can do and not everyone is wired to do. Now, most people will rise to the equa- to the occasion. You know, so those of you who are, may not be a wired for danger person, you may, when your loved one is hurt, rise to the occasion. And so this doesn't mean, you know, three people run forward and seven people stand around and watch. But it does mean we all have a very diverse reaction to crises. And, you know, what I was saying earlier is a lot of people who think they are tough guys are doing a lot of yelling at everybody else who's not out doing something because in their mind, uh, they're sitting around telling everybody what they other people should do. But their work is just to yell at you and tell you what to do. And you know what? That's a luxury. It is a luxury to be in a position where you can have an opinion as your full-time job. Uh, in the same way, it's a luxury to be in a place where you can tell yourself that you're so smart and you're so elite that you have the uh, the, what's the word I want? Somehow you have the privilege of being so smart that you get to tell other people how they should live. Now, most of us are just trying to get through the day. And so we kind of just, we listen to both and then we turn them off and we go about uh, how are we going to feed ourselves? How are we going to feed our families? How do we get our clothes clean? And like for me yesterday, you know, I was going, my plan was to move today. And so yesterday my plan was to 
figure out where I was going to go. But for some reason, oh, I went to start the car because I heard this clicking noise. I'm like, what is this clicking noise? That can't be good. Uh, so I went to turn the car on and the battery is completely dead. So I have a multimeter with me. Uh, I have jumper cables with me. But don't think that there was a whole bunch of pulling things apart, trying to find the multimeter because I did not have it in the tool bag where it belonged. Uh, and I'd already packed the back up. So everything was battened down in the back. And so, you know, there was a huge amount of time that was devoted to finding everything. And yes, the battery was dead. And so now the question is, uh, is the battery dead or is something draining the battery? Uh, but now that I know, right, I can't just sit around and do nothing because I was down to, you know, just one more day's worth of water. So now I have to prepare to go to town and deal with this problem, which was not on my list of things to do. So I threw everything in the truck and got ready to go. And because people are awesome, the first place I stopped, the people that are camped next to me, uh, they had two trucks, and so I thought, well, they would be able to jump my car. The guy, you know, without batting an eye, he just hopped in his car and came over. And, you know, that to me is the beauty of who we are as humans, right? It's like, okay, I can help you with that. You know, doesn't get cagey, doesn't get weird, just uh, jumps in the car and drives over. And I have to tell you, brought the cutest little boy with him. It's, the little boy was like three or four with bright red hair. And uh, I was frustrated and aggravated. And Haven was growling at him. And I wanted he wanted to say hi, but I she wouldn't calm down. And so it was kind of a little bit of a fuss. But what was so cute is when the battery was charging. And I digress because to me... This is who we are as human. These are the stories of who we are as human that is so important that makes our humanity worth fighting for. Is that uh, so? He, uh, the dad, picked up the little boy and was trying to teach him about the car. He was explaining that's the alternator and this is how it charges. And I was going through uh, just some real simple basics of how the engine worked. And I was thinking, I wonder if this when this kid grows up, if there'll even be cars, right? Will we be, even be allowed to drive? But the little boy was like round and square. So that was as far as he could get <laughs> with understanding what uh, what he was looking at in the engine. Round, round. And he was pointing at, at where the fan, the fan was. But I thought that is to me so awesome and amazing how... Uh, we teach each other about what it means to be human. We teach each other about who we are as human. And the father was so patient, you know, where I was completely aggravated with Haven because I was stressed out about my, uh, you know, situation because uh, he, he was very calm and patient. And, you know, we're just all wired very, very differently. But when we come together, we can create life. This is what life is, right? The day-to-day, -day, it's time-consuming. Uh, and, you know, we don't, as normal people, have time to try to figure out how to control other people or spend a ridiculous amount of time telling other people what they should do, right? I mean, this is, the reality is most of us are out working hard in the best way we know how. And, so the car started, yay, you know, so I went to town and 
decided to go ahead and, you know, get a battery and do the oil change and uh, get, you know, those things taken care of uh, and, you know, being extremely grateful. But, you know, the guy who was doing it, I don't think he could have moved slower if his life depended on it. I had to go to the bathroom so bad, but I had to keep the dog out of the truck with me. And so, uh, you know, it was just a long, painful day. And the point to the story is... Uh, it was getting late in the afternoon. I still hadn't gotten water. Uh, you know, I got a little tiny bit of food and I was trying to decide, you know, should I push forward into this new spot a couple hours down the road or uh, go someplace else? And I didn't know what to do. And I finally, you know, I was looking at her and I was in a aggravated state and I was nervous because I don't know uh, if there's something wrong with the car, I still don't know if the battery is draining or if it's, uh, uh, the battery itself is still good. So I actually left the same battery in, but I went ahead and bought a second battery because wherever I went, I'm going to be out in the desert, right? Where AAA isn't going to come hook me up. So uh, I wanted to have a backup and I made the decision to come back to where I was comfortable and I knew a few people. And that really is the point of what I wanted to talk about today, 15 plus minutes into this conversation, is I just wanted to remind us that one, at any moment, right, you can wake up and everything changes. Uh, for me, it was just one little tiny day of inconvenience, but it threw off, you know, any kind of plan I had about, you know, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Kind of a thing. But in Turkey, everything changed in a huge way in the blink of an eye. And the beautiful thing about crisis is not the problem itself, but it's who we are as humans that rise to the occasion. And we need to be really careful that we're not in the crisis itself, pointing fingers at what some are doing and what some are not doing. And the reality is, is most people are not comfortable in a crisis itself. And so, you know, while I was sitting out there and Haven was whining and crying and pulling and aggravated and I could barely focus because I had to go to the bathroom really bad and, uh, you know, I didn't have any patience for her in that moment. You know, she was unable to settle herself, you know, in patience while we waited. And her crisis is, you know, we're sitting in a parking lot uh, with a lot of cars being real loud going by. So it was very uncomfortable for her because it was new and it's uncertain uh, and I wasn't, you know, I was trying really hard to be patient, but you know how it is when you're getting to that point where I can't hold it one more minute. Can I go find a tree, right? Uh, it was stressful for her. It was stressful for me because, uh, you know, I'm in a strange city. I don't have a comfort of a mechanic I know. Uh, you know, I don't have the money to fix like a whole great big expensive thing on the car. And, you know, we're digging into the emergency fund here and it makes me uncomfortable. And is gas now going to start going up? You know, I mean, all these other things that are uh, looming, like, where do I go? What do I do? Uh, and, you know, crisis is difficult for everybody. And we all have a different way we respond to it. And, 
I wanted to point that out because right now, like I said, there's a lot of screaming and yelling about everybody not jumping up and running towards the danger and immediately doing something about it. Uh, you know, there's one guy I listen to that's constantly talking about, you know, being physical in response to all the things that are going on in our country. And, you know, that's just not the answer. There's a really interesting analysis that I heard one time that that we didn't need the war of the American Revolution, that had we given it more time, eventually it would have evolved into a natural progression because uh, as people were experiencing America before it was America compared to the crown, it would have become America on its own without the violence of war. Uh, And we saw that within, you know, if you looked at how many uh, Prussian soldiers, I think they said about 50 percent had defected from the army and decided to to stay in America. And a good chunk of the English uh, came out of the army and decided to stay in America just because they saw the opportunity that there didn't need to be the war, the fighting, the bloodshed, because eventually, you know, good ideas will take hold. But it's the people who push. It's the wired for danger people that cause the problems. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it makes things worse. And and the point being is that in a crisis, most of us become who we are wired to be. Some people run towards the danger, some people run away, and some people freeze up and don't function at all. And the power of knowing who you are in a crisis helps you maybe verbalize so that we don't get into big problems like wars before they happen. We don't allow the wired for danger people to push us into something that is going to be a lose-lose for everybody at the end of it. There is never a peace that comes from war itself. But also, we don't let ourselves get pushed around. We recognize that we can take action before there's a real crisis. And the second piece of this conversation is, but when the crisis emerges, a bomb falls, an earthquake happens, trust who you are. And by recognizing that you might be somebody who freezes up, you know, tell yourself, who is it that I trust ahead of time that I'm willing to listen to? Because a lot of people who want to step in and take over aren't necessarily the best people to listen to. They're not always the ones who are calm collected. Sometimes they're freaked out and they start screaming things to do. And if you're not somebody who's able to think clearly in the middle of a crisis, you may be following someone who is not, you know, working towards the better outcome. And the flip side is, is there's tons of people who are vulnerable. There's animals who are vulnerable. You know, there's the elderly, there's the sick, there's the frail, there's the children, uh, there's the mentally ill, there's the animals, that they all need to be tended to in a crisis. And, you know, like I said, the beauty is that if when we can rise up and own who we are, you know, I've said that the running away and freezing up have very important purposes. It's If you don't look at it as a label and you think about it, push, pull, pause, right? There's people who run towards the problem, who are dealing with the crisis, physical part of it, There's the pull, the ones who step back and set up 
what needs to be going on away from the crisis, meaning setting up the medical, setting up the food, setting up the sanitary, setting up the comfort. And then there's pause. Those are the people who can step in and and, you know, distribute the food. They can comfort. They can move among those who are being taken away from the physical crisis itself. We're all so important and so valuable. You know, I never want us to forget that by thinking any of this is about labeling as good or bad or right or wrong. It's just who we are and we need all of us. Uh, And as I was retreating back to where I've been parked for the last few weeks, uh, you know, I thought, I need comfort. You know, I'm having my little mini crisis here. I'm completely discombobulated and pushing forward with a car that I'm not exactly sure what's doing to go sit in the desert, you know, 60 miles away from civilization all by myself, not knowing 100% if my car is going to start in the morning, even though I have a backup battery, just did not feel like a good idea because it was getting late in the day. And if I had gotten lost on top of all of it, it would have been over for me. I would have melted down because I don't do well when I'm already frustrated to deal with more frustration. And I needed comfort. I needed familiarity. I needed routine. I needed Haven, who hadn't gone to the bathroom yet because she won't go when she's in a strange place, uh, especially in the city. It's really hard to get her to go unless she's you know, chasing the Frisbee when she's uncomfortable. Uh, I needed her to be in a familiar place so she didn't go in the back of the car. Uh, I needed to have some level of security by having a few people that I know here that can uh, help me out, even if it's just for moral support. And so I wanted to just remind us that of a couple things. One, we all have tremendous value no matter who we are. We are all born and wired to be who we are meant to be, because we need all of us. So I just wanted to give us all a reminder that we all have value. The secondly, do not underestimate uh, the power of routine, right? So uh, especially in a crisis, just anything that we can do for ourselves and for others to comfort them with something that's familiar. Uh, I just cannot tell you how important that is. And Uh, One of the things that I wanted to do about talking about that today is that uh, it's easy to forget that when you're running around with your hair on fire, right? And so when we can think about it ahead of time, uh, what are the comfort routines? Like for Haven, it's to get out of the car and throw her the Frisbee. She can relax. This she understands. This she knows in a spot that she remembers uh, where her smell and my smell are. We've been here before. Uh, I know this area. I have some comfort because I recognize that there's some familiarity. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I left in a trailer all those years ago was because I had a dog and two cats. And, uh, you know, the dog ended up dying before we left. But I was just really struck by how powerful the fact that the inside of our life, whatever happened inside the trailer or inside your house or inside your car or tent or however we live, right? The power of the consistency is so important for those who are, like I said, who are young, who are frail, who are confused, who are 
uh, you know, not comfortable in a crisis, how soothing it is to have those consistencies. And that really was one of those things like, wow, I'm really glad I did it this way, that I didn't just drag, you know, my animals from couch to couch or from place to place where there was a lot of uncertainty because no matter, I always thought it was funny because the inside of our life stayed exactly the same, but you would open the door, you know, and magically we were in a whole new place. And, uh, but that was good. It was so good for them to know that certain things were just never going to change. And so I wanted to just give that to us all as a reminder uh, that part of, you know, planning and preparing for the future really needs to be having in mind, and if you need stuff, those consistencies that can calm us down when there is a crisis, especially for the, those who are still vulnerable and are confused, you know, like that little boy, you know, he wanted, he, he wanted to leave. He didn't want to stand and watch my, you know, battery get charged. And he kept saying, I want to go in the car. I want to go in the car. And the dad, the little dad was like, no, you can't go in the car because it's running and it's not safe. But he was uncomfortable. He didn't want to be outside anymore uh, at my spot because it wasn't his spot. And uh, it was funny. So eventually the dad dad put him in the car and I was saying, you know, it's with all this electrical stuff, you know, when everything was manual, you didn't have these problems. But when it's electrical, you know, they can get the doors locked, they can get the windows locked, they can do a lot of things by just pressing the wrong button. Same thing with having a dog or even a cat. I had a cat one time roll the window down all the way as we were just getting ready uh, to hit the freeway. And I thought, oh my God, you know, that little cat was going to go flying out the window. So, so there's something very powerful about the consistency, uh, you know, that we need, that the children need, that the animals need, because they, you can't have a conversation. And exp- he was trying to explain, you know, to the little boy why he was here, what he was doing, you know, trying to teach, Uh, And it wasn't a real crisis for the little boy, but it just shows, you know, out of his environment, he starts to get stressed. He starts to get impatient, you know, the same way out of her environment, Haven gets stressed and she gets impatient. And, uh, you know, to have the ability to bring her back and me back to a place that I won't say it's home, but it's comfortable. Uh, I know where I am. You know, this is a spot I've I've been parking in different spots, but uh, there's just one spot here I keep coming back to. And I'm like, please let it be open. Please let it be open. And luckily, uh, it's next to that spiral, you know, that you've seen me uh, share in previous photos. And how important it is to be able to find comfort when there is a crisis, So I just wanted to remind ourselves of that. Uh, In the meantime, I forgot to tell you why I posted that picture, which is sort of the opposite of what we're talking about here, is that uh, my back went out a couple days ago because I was picking up the too much heavy stuff, I guess, that's that generator, which is 50 pounds. And so trying to pick it up, you know, and put it in the truck bed is really difficult for me because it's a high, I have to lift it up high. And so anyways, my back, froze up. And so, uh, you know, I have to pick her up to put her in the car 
uh, because she won't jump in. I know she can, but she doesn't like to do it. So I'm like, that's it. We're learning how to do it. And so uh, I put her peanut butter bone, and I have a step so she can step herself way in. It's not hard. She just psychologically, she won't do it. So uh, I put the, the peanut butter bone in. She got herself right up. I put something else. She got herself right up. Well, she she tried to come up, and she kind of fell off one time. She missed, and so now she has it in her head. She can't get up. And so that's a piece of cheese that I put out yesterday, uh, trying to get her to put herself away in the truck so I didn't have to lift her up. And she wouldn't do it. She just cried and cried and cried. And she looked at the cheese, and she lifted her up, and then she would give up, and she would give up, and she would give up, to the point where eventually uh, I had to do something because we couldn't sit there anymore. And uh, bring her up. But I wanted to, to talk about that in addition to what we're talking about here is that because just because something isn't comfortable and it isn't known and it is new and it is difficult more often mentally than physically, it doesn't mean we should give up and retreat to back to what is comfortable. So we're really here to be both. We're here to push ourselves into new experiences and new skills and things like that, which is a lot of what I'm asking you to do here. But I don't want to dismiss the power of needing the other side, the other side being comfort and ritual and consistency and calming down and just the familiar, especially when there's a crisis. So, uh, you know, I just think it's a good moment to think about how blessed we are, you know, that my big crisis was uh, a dead battery and I can fix that situation. Hopefully we'll see what happens this morning. Uh, But I have the internet, so I know how to check for a parasitic drain by using my multimeter. I mean, how blessed we are, right? I can still log on and figure out what's happening, uh, all things like that, because I couldn't remember what the correct wattage was to know that the battery was dead or fully charged. So we have this magical instrument, you know, that can help us fix things. We have good people that are willing to step in and help us. And, you know, we have all this abundance at our fingertips in so many ways, And in the blink of an eye, it can all disappear, no matter who we are, no matter how good we are, how bad we are, how holy we are, how evil we are, right? Everything can just be taken away in an instant. And the power of who we are in that moment can rise to the occasion, And we can be the ones who run into the rubble and pull people out. We can be the ones who are giving others water and blankets. Uh, We can be the person who's making lists of those who are missing, trying to figure out and recording who we are. Every one of us has a skill set. Every one of us is valuable. We are all so important in the big picture And at the same time, it's easy to forget that when we get lost in the day in and the day out of our tiny little lives. And uh, like I said, I was just trying to think, where is my where are my days going? I mean, I have such a simple little life. Why do I have so much trouble getting extra stuff done? Because I get really upset that I'm not able to produce and be like the people who are sitting in studios and can just press a button and have all these other people helping them out. Now, I know other people are in my situation and they do really well. I 
have a hard time with it. Uh, and that's a lot of it is my brain because I'm designed to run into the danger, not to fuss around with the day in and the day out. But <clears throat> like I said, we all have value. And I wanted to just highlight that because we are in a moment and a time, sorry, I'm choking. We are at a moment in time where crisis is just sitting around waiting for us to tap us on the shoulder. Not everybody and not all at once, but it's there. And so I think a really good journaling exercise for today would be two things. One, just giving a deep level of appreciation for everything that you have as it is now. And two, what can you do to think about how you can provide comfort and routine to those who are in your sphere, your circle. You know, I just have the dog, but for those of you who have children, grandchildren, uh, people that you're taking care of, neighbors, whatever you have in your circle of influence, that you can be ready in some way, whether it's just a great big thermos that you can make hot coffee and share that, whether it's extra blankets or bandages or water containers, uh, chairs, whatever it is that you can be available for to provide comfort in a crisis because, uh, yes, you know, we need people that dive in and pull the, the rocks off and save the people from the rubble, but there's a whole bunch more people that need help because it's confusing and it's overwhelming. Uh, and that all is part of the soup of who we are as humanity coming together in the crisis to comfort each other, to solve the problems, to dress the danger. Everybody has value. All right. Deep breath, my friends. Uh, I am so glad that you're here. Again, I'll provide those links. I appreciate everything that you do. And we will then, hopefully, there'll be no more crises, big or little for any of us. See you next time.